recent years, grocery stores have been working hard to improve their prepared food offerings. But should restaurants view them as a competitive threat? Hello, I'm Jonathan Mays, executive editor with Restaurant Business Magazine. And in this week's edition of A Deeper Dive, I speak with John Springer, my colleague at Winsight Grocery Business. John provides you with insight into the state of the grocery business and why companies such as Kroger, Hy-Vee, and many others have been upgrading their prepared food sections to look almost like food halls. We chat about the future of the grocery business, particularly in regards to delivery and technology, and find many similarities between the two industries. The grocery business, in many ways, offers a preview of what is to come in the restaurant business, which finds itself at the outset of a consolidation trend as companies look to grow larger and more competitive. Supermarkets have been dealing with this for years. And later, I give my thoughts on what delivery could mean for real estate. But now, here is John Springer. Okay, I am here with John Springer. John, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, John. I'm happy to be here. So, John, um, are you as irritated by the terminology share of stomach as I am? Because that phrase <laughs> grates, man. It's, you know, I guess it's, it's a little bit tiresome to hear it as often as we do. But I think it's a pretty good description of what, uh, you know, this, this existential battle for food is all about, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, people eat, are going to eat only so many meals and they're so many places you can go to get it. So essentially it is a a share of stomach kind of thing. Yeah, I guess for lack of a better term, we could use that. But the terminology just makes me want to empty the comment contents of my stomach. Anyway, so (laughs) I don't use it myself. Let's put it that way. (laughs) I hate using it. I'm not going to end up using it for this podcast. Anyway, so I, um, I, I, it's so correct me if I'm wrong on my, on my perception of the supermarket business. I'm, I'm, I'm coming this, keep, keep in mind, I'm coming that this from an, you know, outside observer, but it's my perception that the supermarket business right now is in a bit of a pickle or a pickle section, if you will, where, um, where you're, you're seeing all this competition from all of these areas. You got dollar stores taking away their business of canned goods, for instance. And then you have, you have the Costco's people like me who prefer shopping at Costco most of the time. And, and then you have, uh, on that end. And then you have all of these different new competitors coming in, offering cheap stuff. And, you know, so if you're a traditional supermarket, what you are you going to do? And so that leaves you with one primary alternative and that's to try to boost your prepared food business am i right on that uh on that, on that count or not i mean you're, you're you're right in a general sense um you know definitely supermarkets are seeing more and more uh people coming after the things that that they do right which is food um and you know i mean the other channels of trade would, would argue you know that that supermarkets are taking some of their business away of course but yeah i mean the, the, the actual primary supermarket, I think, now uh, is, uh, you know, about 50% of uh, what people are buying for food at home anymore. And the other 50% is belonging to any number of channels, including online, dollar, discount, club, you know, uh, Walmart supercenters, um, you know, that kind of thing. Um, uh, on the other hand, you know, people still think about supermarkets for food and, and food at home, and I think it's 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 generally their their uh, sort of idea of of it's in the set. People aren't shopping one or the other, right? They're they're operating any number, or they're shopping in any number of places, and so supermarkets are always in that set. And the question is, 
you know, how much of it is in, is in that set. And that's what's changed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is there, so, so tell me a little bit about in, in terms of, you know, so my listeners of this podcast are going to, you know, worried or, you know, or they're paying attention at least to what supermarkets are doing from on, you know, to try to bolster their, their prepared food offerings and that sort of thing. I mean, are you seeing what kind of the inter, what are the interesting things that you're seeing out there in terms of what supermarkets are doing? Yeah. It's uh, not just supermarkets. I mean, you know, you've got to, I don't know if you consider, you know, Sprouts farmer's market, a supermarket or not. Uh, I I suppose you would. It's a, it's a natural food store that's kind Mm -hmm. of, produce forward but really what they've been doing for the past couple of years is is really uh you know uh expanding and kind of blowing out the deli and they're becoming a destination at lunchtime and then also a destination at dinner time you know for people who are at work they'll stop in they'll get something for lunch on their way home they'll stop they'll take something home for dinner um you know they're doing a great job um with that and they've got a good they've got a nice you know they're hitting they're checking all the boxes of of sort of what people want out of food stores now they're they're very produce focused they're they've got a health halo to them um Mm -hmm. they have a price um reputation that others in the natural food space don't and they are all over this prepared food um uh you know what's for dinner uh you know, trend that's, that's sort of happening now. So, you know, that's one example that, you know, off the top of my head of a, uh, of a supermarket, I think it's doing a good, a good job, um, in that. And, and, you know, from, from Sprout's perspective, that's going from, you know, zero to, to 50 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're still, they're still blowing that out, but it's an opportunity ahead for them. And I think they're well positioned to be able to do that. And I think they understand that. Uh, you know, there, there's any number of other great, um, you know, merchants uh, that have sort of brought their skills to bear in the prepared food thing to become a little bit more of a competitor to restaurants. And I guess that's what your audience wants to hear about. Uh, and then that could be anybody from, you know, some of your uh, larger um, Kroger stores, which now are, are, you know, gaining a reputation for the specialty mm-hmm. departments inside Murray's Cheese, um, some of these things, you know, pretty expansive delis. Uh, other kind of would-be competitors to uh, Sprouts, like Lucky's Market, which now is a Kroger division that's got uh, any number of stores in Florida, um, are doing a really nice job with uh, prepared foods. Uh, you know, there's also the big, uh, large guys like Wegmans, uh, large meaning large stores, um, you know, and they've really done a great job um you know, with merchandising and kind of showing the consumer sort of the possibilities that are inherent in a supermarket to either make the food or buy it that they've made. And um, so there's a couple of examples. I don't know if that's news to anybody, but, um, you know, these are these are some retailers that, you know, off the top of my head that are that are doing a pretty good job with the prepared foods. And, and they're definitely, um, you know, becoming, uh, you know, uh, they're, they're part of, they want to be part of the conversation about, you know, that a decision that was normally, you know, decided in favor of restaurants. Where am I going to eat right now? Mm-hmm. 
So it, it, is it now it, how I mean, how what's the benefit that they get like, you know, like a, a Wegmans or a Kroger going to get from from, you know, expanding their delis and and, and offering, you know, a, a much greater variety of prepared foods? I mean, what's what's the benefit that they get? Why why have they delved into this particular space to the extent that they've done? Well, I mean, some of them, you know, have it a little bit more in their DNA, like like a Wegmans. Mm-hmm. Um, the companies that are that are you know expanding are doing so because you know they want to be where the consumer is, and the consumers' uh, shopping habits have changed in such a way that again, it's. It's less, you know, eating as a thing in America today is less about putting together a can of this and two cups of that and, you know, um, and more about, um, you know, kind of getting what you need when you need it. And and whether that's prepared, you know, where the supermarkets are, are, are sort of doing pretty well is this idea of, of the whole spectrum of things, right? So... Uh, you know, at Sprouts, for example, you know, they've got, you know, that stuff that's completely ready to go. There's stuff that you can, you know, take home and be, you know, eat right in the store. And then there's stuff you take home and you heat and eat or, you know, and then you can also get some meal kitty type stuff that you can make pre-proportioned ingredients or whatever. Um, so, mm-hmm. I mean, the reason the supermarket is doing this is because, you know, that's the way their, their shoppers are going. And it's... Um, you know, I, I don't think it's necessarily, you know, um, uh, in order to encroach on other guys' businesses. It's really about it's really about you know the mainstream you know supermarket shopper. The mainstream shopper um, is kind of changed their habits. They change the way that they that they uh, buy the foods that they're going to eat. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm wrong, but it's it's my 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 perception. My thought of when I go to when I decide to go to 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 a grocery store, a grocer, supermarket, and whatever your uh, specific terminology is. If I go to like my Hy-Vee, for instance, I, I have a higher perception of that particular chain than I do, say, another one, another local concept that doesn't really have as as, as strong of a deli presence. And it, it just my feeling on that one is that that's just a better overall experience, whether I actually get that food or not. It's just kind of cool to be walking through the produce section and then you see all of these different sort of uh, stations. It's almost like a food hall in some respects where you can get different, you know, you can go and get Asian, you can get pizza, you can get Mexican, you can get all this other stuff. And it's a fairly, yeah. it's a much better experience in my mind when I'm going shopping. And then, and then the other issue is, I think, uh, is that consumers today, one of the consumer, one of the issues with consumers is that they really don't like leaving their house as much as they used to. When they get home, they want to stay home. And when they're out, they want to knock out a few things at the same time. And if I'm going shopping, maybe I want to get some, something to eat at the same time. And that's why, you know, that's one of the, seems to be one of the benefits there of having, you know, having yeah. those options at the grocery store. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. And I was sort of remiss in, in mentioning Hy-Vee uh, in, in terms of, uh, you know, particular brands that have done a great job um, uh, of sort of uh, expanding their their set uh, to include prepared foods and, and sort of restaurant alternatives, home meal replacement, you know, whatever you want to call it. Hy-Vee's up there. They, they operate restaurants in stores. They do a good job with this... Uh, you know, Chinese takeout, sort of these, this uh, food hall type thing, as you mentioned. Um, and you're also right that, that certain supermarkets are doing it better than others. And I think that, um, 
you know, I mean, that's, that's also a theme in, in, in retail, food retail, um, in general, there's a real bifurcation between the guys who are getting it done and the guys who, who need help, um, getting it done. And, you know, that is, uh, you know, at this time, uh, you know, in my perception, especially is really widening the, uh, and the reason for that is the, the, uh, digital shopping and home delivery and, and that kind of thing. That's so expensive to um, invest in and, and, and so challenging to get right that, you know, unless the company's got a tremendous resources like a Walmart or a Kroger or, uh, you know, an Albertsons, uh, you know, the, the real, you know, 50 billion and above guys, um, you know, they're going to have a hard time um, hanging with them. Uh, mm-hmm investment-wise. And so we see that too. Yeah. Yeah. There's been, I mean, yeah, we're seeing the same thing, I think, uh, in, in, in the restaurant space where there's so much this, you know, this issue of digital and delivery is so costly. It's such a, it's such an expense for restaurant companies that we're starting to see in the restaurant space, something that you've seen in the grocery business, which is this, um, this consolidation, this, this, um, you know, we've seen a lot of consolidation in, in, in the restaurant sector, or we're just starting. I mean, I don't think it's to the extent that it's been as, as it's been in the grocery space in the past several years. But, um, you know, the fact of the matter is doing business today right now is so much more expensive than it used to be uh, to right. get these things right, that it really does require companies to be larger and have more resources. Larger, have more resources. They, they need to have that dry powder to invest uh, or they're going to get completely, you know, run over by Walmart, which, you know, I mean, they they got, I guess Amazon got their attention and, and, and now the two of them are off in this, uh, you know, this, this kind of battle that's going on and it's kind of scooping up everybody else with them. You, you've got to, you've got to get bigger. You've got to find ways to, you know, one of the interesting things the retailers are doing now are they're finding ways to make money other than selling food. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, they, they realize that, uh, they are big advertising, um, uh, you know, potential advertising media, the, the supermarket itself, and also the the website where they sell the items that uh, you can order ahead or order for delivery. And so, uh, you know, um, alternate revenue streams is like a, a term we're hearing a lot among the, the big uh, food retailers as well. And you're right. It's all about, um, you know, finding a way to um, uh, have enough uh, investment power to sort of stay in business today. Mm-hmm. Right. So, how how big is the delivery uh, de- the delivery service in, in in the restaurant in the grocery space right now? I mean, are we seeing? Um, I mean, I I mean, I again, outside observer, I I see a lot more a uh, lot more retailers are are being more aggressive in offering in in offering grocery pickup and grocery delivery i mean how big and how how important do you think it is is it for for these these retailers to have the have this capability and this ability yeah well i think it's um the first part of your question i'm i'm gonna uh, have a difficult time answering because getting getting your arms around how big uh that is 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 a little bit difficult um but i mean you know so Observationally, though, uh, you know, there's there's so much going on. Uh, much of that has to do with Instacart. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they, um, you know, they demonstrated to the the traditional retailers that 
that uh, you know home delivery was a thing that customers wanted, and um, you know they they made an offering that that is such that you know the grocers sort of have to join or perish. You know you you've got to have it. You know particularly if if uh, your competitor in your neighborhood uh, has Instacart service and you don't, well, you're losing incremental sales to them. So, you know, everybody's kind of jumped on that, uh, jumped on that bandwagon. Um, it's, it's hard to tell exactly, you know, how well, if we don't have great visibility into sort of how well these things are working for these various companies, um, you know, Costco said yesterday that, that uh, it was doing quite well with them. Uh, their Instacart uh, uh, shopping was was growing. At, I, I can't remember the figure he used. It was um, high double digits. I think he said, at, you know, from a small base. Um, so you figure, you know, it's getting it's getting more and more um, uh, widespread. So there's that, uh, and then there's the retailers are, are experimenting with a lot of other ways because uh, you know there's a separate. A debate about you know how much of the customer relationship do you want to surrender to a company uh, in exchange for them managing your uh, e-commerce website and and you know doing the um, expensive part of uh, gathering the items in a store and delivering them, both of which are really inefficient things for retailers to be doing for themselves. But the, you know is that coming at a cost of you know the customer data? And is that, uh, you know, is Instacart going to the, you know, to the, um, you know, consumer packaged goods companies and saying, uh, you know, look at this great data we have, you know, give us the deals and don't give the retailers the deals. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think there's some of that, you know, that, that going on. So, you know, you've got Walmart experimenting with with running their own business, uh, 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 crowdsourced uh, delivery service. You've got, um, you know, a couple of uh, retailers that are, you know, trying any number of things at once. I'll hold Del Hayes, which runs Stop and Shop stores in the in the Northeast, for example. Uh, you know, they've got, they also own the Peapod thing, but they're also in bed with that, you know, Instacart. They're also offering other kinds of uh, uh, ways to do that, pick up at store, that kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of... Um, you know that there's a certain amount of we have to be playing in this field or we're going to get trampled and then there's also like how do we play on the field well, i don't know let's just mm-hmm. try everything right right that's uh, a lot of that stuff sounds familiar i mean you you mentioned the data yeah. piece um and and to me i mean like i look at this and 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 obviously it's the same as true probably with 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 retailers but if you're i i think that the data issue is something that companies are going to have to get um, start getting more aggressive on um, and, and trying to get that data because I think that w- the issue to me is, you know, you're surrendering surrendering your data to another party, and then that party doesn't necessarily have your best interests in mind. You can't yeah. use the data as effectively, at, you know, as you might as you could if you're getting it. And you know, this this data is is coming fast and furious, and I know a lot of companies have not really used it nearly as effectively as they could or should. Uh, but it's something that 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 companies are going to actually have to start using um, better in the coming years. And if you're surrendering part of it, you're certainly if you're surrendering a growing uh, element of of that particular business, and and presumably the future of your business, because we're assuming that younger consumers are the ones that are doing more delivery. 
then, you know, then, then, you know, I I, I just think that it's, that that's an issue that more companies, retail or restaurant are going to have to start dealing with because that's, that's, yeah, I think, right. And, and, and like I said, you know, like Instacart, you know, to their credit, you know, they were, they were fast, they were aggressive. They demonstrated to the, to the, to the industry that that's what people wanted. Um, You know, they kind of left them in a, in a position where, you know what, we got to go for this. And and you know their alternatives are are you know uh, have come come with their own costs. So um, yeah, it's it, again, it's this it's this uh, uh, you know options in a in a sort of an existential battle to survive. Right, right. So are are you seeing any companies delivering prepared food at all? I mean, do we see that as a potential growth area for for grocers? I mean, if I talk to Generally, in the restaurant space, I think there's a certain level of fear that uh, that retailers are going to start delivering their prepared food options. I haven't necessarily seen a whole lot of that. I mean, are you seeing? Is there any companies working on that? Are we seeing anything on that front? You know, um, yeah, I'm sure there are, there are. Um, I'm, you know, for for some reason, I'm flashing on. Um, uh, Safeway Albertsons in the West, uh, they, they, I think they were talking about a, um, uh, you know, a fairly substantial um, uh, push behind, you know, this idea of delivering sandwiches um, um, out of there. But um, yeah, I would say generally um, the, the grocer's e-commerce efforts are probably more so now on those kinds of items that are that lend themselves to delivery, right? You know, the, mm-hmm. and, and take up space in the store. And, you know, so the shelf-stable goods, um, especially, you know, the packaged meats and, and those kinds of things um, are, are uh, also going. Um, and, you know, you got, of course, the meal kits, which I don't know if that counts as prepared foods or not. Um, I, you know, whether those things are, are ought to be considered uh, um alternatives necessarily to restaurant food. Um, but, uh, you know, that's become an element, you know, Kroger bought, bought one, uh, Albertsons bought one, uh, other companies like Amazon, you know, everyone from Amazon to Walmart, um, are, are offering, you know, one, one or another of the branded versions of that. Um, so yeah, it would probably be, you know, a, a function, I think of, um, the, you know, the particular uh, audience for a store, you know, maybe there's a particular store that does X, X amount of um, uh, prepared food sales in store. And when they offer delivery, that's sort of the stuff they export. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, hey, remember when meal kits were going to destroy groceries? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So how many, uh, how, many, how many grocers have gone out of business because of meal kits? <laughs> well, none, as oh. far as I know. But, uh, you know, it's it's almost like, uh, you know, there were some. Um, there was a photograph going around online that showed. Uh, it, you know, again, take it for what it was worth. Um, uh, passed along online, which was apparently a, a stack of plated meal kits that were being thrown away uh, at, a, uh, at a Safeway store, I think, mm-hmm. in, um, in the West. You know, because the the uh, store shoppers just weren't supporting the the uh, meal kit business in the way they could, the, the way they would online. And of course, you know, the online version of the, of the meal kits, uh, you know, 
customer churn was so insane mm-hmm. that, you know, that was a difficult business to make. Right. So, you know, they, when I think of meal kits, you know, they definitely hit on this idea that, you know, people are thinking about food in terms of meals today rather than in terms of ingredients like we talked about before mm-hmm. and that convenience matters and that like, you know, young people in particular don't know how to cook, you know, so they, they got all those things together. Oh, and also when you, you know, merchandise stuff on the internet, you can iterate really quickly. You can find out what people are responding to, uh, you know, from an ingredients and flavor standpoint, you know, a, a development standpoint really well. Um, but making that all work together as a business has yeah. been very challenging for for the, those guys and the and the, the grocers themselves. Right, right. Well, it's a, it was a niche biz- It's a niche business that's been advertised as a as a as a broad scale concept, and I don't think that works to me. Right, sort of right. very specific. It hits a bunch of yeah. It hits a bunch of great trends that are happening mm-hmm. in food, but yeah, it, it also has to work as a as a business. And and that's not to say it's it, it's not or it can't. Um, you know, uh, there was a very bright people at Kroger and, and I'm sure that, you know, they gave uh, a lot of thought to how they were going to, um, <coughs> pardon me, uh, roll out with home chef there. Um, and so, you know, I'm keeping an eye on, on, mm-hmm. on what they're doing and, right. and, you know, Albert says we played it as well. All right. Yeah. Just because you have a good product doesn't mean you have a good business. Let's, um, let's go yeah. back to, um, I want to I want to talk about another thing that generated a ton of fear in both of our sectors, and that was Amazon Whole Foods. Um, you remember that day? Mm-hmm. How many times did I do? How many uh, How many media interviews did you do that day? When- <laughs> I was I was a very popular guy that day. That was, um, yeah, no, I was um, I was writing it at the same time as I was talking about it. Yeah. I probably should have. Uh, um, uh, yeah, I, I gave some more time to think about it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, to me, that day, you know, that it happened, you know, what was fresh in my mind was the fact that, you know, Whole Foods was on fire um, as a business. You know, they were, uh, they had the the uh, uh, barbarians at the gate with an activist investor. They had an all-star team board that was ready to walk in there and, demand the changes that they did, you know, their, their great, uh, industry leading margins were under siege, their price reputation was horrendous. Uh, and they were, you know, rolling out this low price store that everybody thought was just going to, you know, compete with the main brand. And so, you know, my point was, um, you know, while Amazon getting into food is a really, uh, important thing, you know, getting into it with, uh, you know, getting into bed with Whole Foods was, you know, they were really acquiring a, a turnaround company mm-hmm. and not, um, <laughs> you know, not this, this, you know, great, great business. Yeah. Yeah. My, my sense of it and is that I, I don't think, at least as of yet, I mean, I think it, it's not really my, my sense that Amazon has, has taken Whole Foods to, I mean, I, I, obviously they've done a lot with Whole Foods since they, they bought the company. But I think that some of the fears that we had at the time was that Amazon was going to completely revolutionize Whole Foods and it was going to influence both the restaurants and retail in the process. And I don't really think that that's actually happened. Am I wrong on that? I mean, they've maybe. No, no, you're absolutely yeah. right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you might even be overstating how much things have changed at Whole Foods. <laughs> I mean, you know, the, the, um, 
Listen, the, the the price investments that they've made, they've gotten like tremendous bang for the buck from those announcements. But that's not anything any other retailer in the same situation as they are, or a similar situation that they are, you know, hasn't done. They they find ways to uh, uh, you know uh, lower their expenses, and they they put a, a certain amount of that into uh, lower everyday prices. And, you know, that's a way to improve uh, a company's price perception over time. And, you know, listen, they haven't, they, they, they have not um, uh, cured Whole Foods of the reputation that their prices are high. I think, I think that's just one of these things that just is, is one of those tags that's going to stick to them forever. You know, I mean, it's just such a, uh, a difficult thing to, um, to break away from. Uh, I think the bigger, you know, more important, I guess, uh, element of the of the Amazon Whole Foods thing was integrating or, or taking over Whole Foods loyalty program, such as it was with Amazon Prime, which really opened up, you know, um, the company to to so many more uh, potential, uh, you know, loyal shoppers, and I think that caused some some concern in the industry too. Right. But again. You know, they haven't, you know, they haven't um, done all that much to with that yet. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't appear anyway. I think I think they got the, the sales growing, going a little bit in a better direction. Uh, you know, merchandising wise, I think there's been some, um, you know, questions as to whether, you know, adding more mainstream products and, you know, that kind of stuff is really what's right for the Whole Foods as a brand. And, um, you know, I think some of Whole Foods uh, fans might not be all that happy about it. Um, so, yeah, it's been a mixed bag. And, and you know, it hasn't been as impactful for the retailers as people feared it would out of the, out of the gate. No. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no. <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, I, I, um, I, I mean, like at least from from where I sit, from my perspective, is I don't think that. And and going back to what we were originally thinking at the time was, you know, Amazon was going to come in, and then we're going to start seeing all this prepared food delivered, and we're going to see you know this super tech savvy company, and 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 it was really going to change the face of grocery stores. And I, frankly, I think that change was going to come regardless whether Amazon got involved or not. And, and B, I mean, and certainly from your comments to me, it seems that frankly, it doesn't look like supermarkets have done enough, frankly, to take advantage, to try to do more in terms of, of delivering prepared food. I think if I'm, if I'm, if I'm a retailer, I probably look a little bit more at that because I think consumers really do like to have these sorts of things delivered to their home. We've seen plenty of market for that, um, right now with, with, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I, I mean, is it a matter of just, you know, I, Forgive my ignorance on this, because I mean, looking at this particular question you've asked is is interesting and probably mm-hmm. something we should be looking into a little bit more at our at our uh, brand. But uh, you know, it could be just a matter of 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 getting themselves into this. You know, what we use it uh, here in New York, seamless or mm-hmm. whatever, right? Kind of getting into that ecosystem and being an option um, when people sit down there and, and, yeah. and try to figure out what's for dinner. Right, right. right. Well, that would be a potential. It certainly yeah. seemed to be, I mean, Amazon has restaurant delivery or it's had restaurant delivery. I mean, it, it's, it's getting into it certainly in other, and, and it's getting into it in oh, other right. countries as well. 
And, and, you know, so it knows that, that market. I mean, I can't imagine, I mean, Full Foods in particular has such a really good selection of prepared foods. It's still one of the best cons, it's still one of the best retailers out there. When it comes to that, why can't I get that stuff delivered to my home? I, I can't, you know, it, it doesn't, it sort of boggles my mind a little bit, but, uh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm in an office in Brooklyn. We are right, a, right above uh, Whole Foods uh, here. And I can go downstairs. Uh, a lot of their uh, prepared foods at this particular location are sort of outsourced, mm-hmm. um, you know, outposts of other guys. And, of course, you can order them through, you know, your Seamless uh, or your uh, DoorDash mm-hmm. or whatever. Um you know, separately and, and outside of Whole Foods, and of course you can get Whole Foods to deliver your stuff. Now, I don't think there's any reason why you couldn't, uh, you know, use your use your Amazon Prime now and get some of the things that are that are available at, 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 at that Whole Foods store, you know, delivered to your home. The question is, you know, do you want, you know, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The I'm just sorry. I'm kind of thinking through the one time I I've used. Uh, Prime now to to check it out out of this store. You know they left the groceries on the doorstep and just kind of texted me and said it was there. So I opened the door. The guy was already gone, uh, and there were five bags, uh, mm-hmm. you know, sitting on my doorstep. Um, you know, is that the way you want a rotisserie chicken delivered? No. Uh, you know, probably not. I, I want somebody to hand it to yeah. me. You know what I mean? No, so, I'll be there. so maybe there's. Yeah, so maybe there's a little bit that needs to be uh, worked out still, mm-hmm. and and you know, every anything I everything I know about Amazon, which isn't much, is that you know they are a a company that is not thinking about how they're solving things today, but maybe way down the road. So um, you know, I, I think we'll see this evolve over time. John, this was uh, fantastic. Appreciate uh, you joining us this week on the podcast. I hope uh, it was. Uh, in, Sorry, uh, helpful to re- to the listeners and uh, was happy to be here. Thanks, gentlemen. We've been talking a lot lately about the economics of delivery and what it could mean for restaurants. One thing it will not mean, fewer locations. As I wrote about last week, it's a misnomer to think that restaurant companies will be able to get by with fewer locations just because everybody is ordering delivery and takeout. But as the pizza sector has learned, consumers will only go so far to, for takeout. And delivery times are crucial in that business. If it takes too long for the food to arrive, consumers will look elsewhere for their delivered meals. Consumers' growing use of takeout and delivery will definitely impact real estate, requiring smaller restaurants with different footprints, shifting parking and access, and different locations. But fewer is not an option. If anything, restaurants are going to need more locations. And that's it for this week's edition of A Deeper Dive, which, as always, was edited by Christine Cawthon. Artwork by Nico Hines and Sarah Stewart. Contributors to this podcast include Peter Romeo, Heather Lally, Pat Kobe, and Sarah Rushworth. You can find this and other episodes on our website at www.restaurantbusinessonline.com backslash article backslash podcast. You can also find them on iTunes, Google Play, and TuneIn Radio. I'm Jonathan Mays, your host and podcast producer and the executive editor of Restaurant Business Magazine. Thank you for listening.